the final girl and this is the house that screams tonight's film is rocky horror picture show the original and ultimate cult classic this is the 45th anniversary of the film and we are really excited to talk about it on this very special episode so um, i'd like to introduce uh my fellow panel mates i've got daniel nightmare nerd ryan i'm out of my head <laughs> oh hurry i may be dead they mustn't carry out their evil deeds. Ah! Good. So we've got Nico Nice. It's not easy having a good time. Even smiling makes my face hurt. <laughs> um, I've got Dave Garman. What's up, everybody? Say the fucking word! <laughs> Say it. And we have a very special guest tonight. Um, everyone on the House That Screams uh, regular panel is family in this house, but we actually have some blood family tonight. My brother, Daniel, DZ Boy, Allison. Hey. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> hey, Prepare to scream. So thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited. I, I love Rocky Horror. It's been one of my favorites of all time. Um, Earliest I can remember was when I was a little kid. I was on the floor questioning everything about my life at like the age of like seven, wondering why I felt different. And I'd watch Rocky Horror and it felt like things made sense. Um, And obviously I was too young to be like into it, into it. But fast forward up into like junior high, high school, and I'm, you know, going with my sister to watch it in the cinemas and you know, throwing rice at people and holding papers up and doing all the fun stuff. Biased as a virgin. Yeah, because I took him to his first show and I was like, virgin! And because we do the sacrifice before the show, all the virgins to the show. Right. And yeah, I sacrificed them off. They're like, you did that to your brother? I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. Because I was big on the scene. I was like, yeah, I'll sacrifice! Coming from just like a place of like not really knowing what my sexual orientation was when I was younger and really trying to discover myself, Rocky Horror was certainly like an outlet for me that, you know, I don't, you know, it's too bad it's not as prominent as it was then for me as it is now. But, you know, I think that it's definitely left its mark in the world. So I'm excited to, t- to talk about it. Definitely. that it's It's so it's such an important piece of cinema history. I mean, I think this is the first, well, it definitely is the first time we've had our callbacks. Uh, if you've never been to see Rocky Horror Picture Show in the theaters, do so. Because I know a lot of people who, you know, they consider it a Halloween thing. But for me, it was every Saturday night. 
I knew yeah. at midnight we were at the show and we were yeah. all decked out and whatever you wanted to be. It was sort of like um, the ballroom community. Um, and I'm not talking like ballroom dancing. I mean like the Vogue ballroom community. Like everybody's welcome. So you had your theater geeks and your, you know, just dramatic people, your goths, your, you know, every walk of life. And we were all trying to outdo each other with our looks for the night. And, you know, we, some of us were had roles and, and acted it out. And it was just like, to me, it's like when people talk about it as a Halloween thing, to me, it was like an, every week. That was yeah, I mean, week. every weekend we were like planning. I mean, I was, you know, f- my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm I'm going to have to work at the Hot Mess Express Dairy Queen and clean up <laughs> and then I'll get to go and have some freedom for the night. So and not only that, but we had um, because we were kind of like the big deal. Me and my uh, my best friend that my other I had two best friends, my best friend, Jana, we had an apartment at this place called the Party House. And it really was. So the after party it was so you get out of the theater, it's like three o'clock, you go to the after party, you party till dawn. BYOB. It was uh so we so I had to be like all done up for the night because I knew there was an after party and I was usually half hosting the thing. And um, you know, so the for me it was the first time that I saw this was in the theaters. I had no idea what it was. I was twelve. And uh somebody was like, uh my my best friend's cousin was like, oh, you guys think you're so edgy. I'm going to take you to this. And we got, I got, we get sacrificed as virgins. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Somebody's hit me with toast. And then I was in love. I had that experience. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, not not, not the after party, but um, one of my long-term friends now, her name is Vicky. She is a horror fanatic like myself. And she was part of a troupe called the home of happiness who they did Rocky Horror at uh, two different theaters in uh, the North New Jersey area. And she persuaded me to go to one. Now, I'd seen the movie on TV before, but I had not seen it done live like that. And I recall my virgin sacrifice that we had to put um, donut holes into our mouths. And uh, I, I won. I'm not too proud to admit that in retrospect. <laughs> and as, well, I also remember as we were waiting for the flick to start rolling, they were playing like techno type music and people were getting boogie and down at the top of the theater so at the time i was a lot more limber so i decided to do the worm and i and i instantly regretted it because i was doing the worm on a movie theater floor yeah 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 in jersey uh, no less and i've been there brother i know oh yeah i was not thinking clearly i think i was trying to impress some of the sexy goth girls that were there but um there were a lot of hot goth girls oh yeah and my other two most vivid memories were the uh, giant inflatable phallus that they chased each other around the theater with. <laughs> and also that my friend, my friend Vicky, she was in the troupe and she was uh, magenta, I believe. And because this was my first time, she knew the just right moment to run over and jump into my lap, not realizing that she was sending my car keys right down between my legs. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was like, so I'd say at that point I was awake for the rest of the night. Oh, no. Crazy. And uh, did you guys sing the song before you went to the theater? Sing the song? Because uh, Home of Happiness, they made us a Transylvania land of night. I we guess didn't that do that. Unique. It was more of like we were busy socializing. Mm-hmm. In my scene, it was in Speedway, which we were West Siders of Indy. And, you know, Speedway is this little place. It's kind of its own thing, but it's, it's on the West Side. And um, we just kind of socialized. We're out smoking cigarettes and, you know, just having a, a Coke from the 
uh, concession and just talking about the party later and who was playing who tonight and who looked fierce and you know but we didn't use fierce then but who looked oh. amazing that night and who didn't you know and I, I might add also for my first experience doing that because I went a few more times um, the guy who was usually there Rocky apparently was sick that night so they had to get a last minute replacement this guy was 300 pounds he was an ounce and but did him, he have moves? Um, well let's just say him wearing those Rocky uh speedos and he was wearing a luchador mask because apparently he was embarrassed (laughs) so so he comes out and the whole place starts going ray mysterio ray mysterio (laughs) we had um, a lot of um we we didn't always go full out on the costumes sometimes it was just like if i was playing janet i just whip off my shirt I, I would. I was a great genius. I always hated her though. But then after a while, it was like I was kind of like the. I don't know. It was like its own scene. I was kind of like the elite, and I would go up and I do the scene at the beginning, and then I would socialize, and I do the time warp, and there was time warp because I wore, it was you. You know, you were trying to like outdo each other with like your outrageous outfits, and they wore this like corset kind of thing. And we're doing the time warp, and we're doing the jumping part, and my boobs fell out. <laughs> That's not the first time that's happened during one of these shows, I'm sure. But, I mean, everybody just... I don't mean you, I mean just in general. Oh, my God. Well, and I was totally shocked. I mean, I couldn't believe that that... Your bosoms came popping out. Everybody's seen my boobs. (laughs) Madam, your bosoms are in the belfry. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens, you know. Lusty girl's not wearing a bra, it's going to happen. But, you know, I I thought somehow I could pull off that dance without falling out of my top, but it didn't work. This is why I won't go to Renaissance fairs. I'm too, at least, too pure. At least you tried. I did try. I did. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so that's all anybody talks about all night. Um, during the show, after, at the party. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> um, Nico, you have you have a big passion for this movie. What do you, what's your reflection? So the first time I saw this was, God, I think it was back. Because you and I are the same age, Candy. I'm going to be. 41 in the, like next month. So the, the first time I saw this was, I think it was 93 when it came on Fox for the first time. Oh, on TV, like the very first time. Oh, God, I, I, I had heard of Rocky Horror. That sucks. Right. But I remember <laughs> but we, we were young then when it, when it first came out, I had never seen it before because again, it was only like the midnight movie and I'm, you know, I didn't know much about it. I, the only thing I knew about it was that meatloaf was in it. And the guy from legend was in it. That was all I knew. <laughs> Um, so, you know, my sisters and I watched it and like, at first we were like, this is, this is kind of corny, but then we were like, yo, this is actually fucking really cool. Yeah. And then we got, we got really into it. And then they showed it again later that weekend for like an, for like an encore. So we stood up and we watched it again. And then we saw the commercials, how the, um, the audience participation was like such a big part of the movie. So we were like, well, shit, we got to do this. So it actually wasn't until we hit high school. That we actually went to go see it for the first time in Teaneck, by the way. Teaneck, New Jersey. Because I, I grew up in Bergen County. I lived in Moonaki for like a couple of years. So I, I want to I do a scary good eats in Teaneck. Yeah. The, I'm from Bergen. The old canal in. I'm sorry, Dave, what did you say? Where are you from? I grew up in Bergenfield. Okay, yeah. I went to school in Hackensack. These are my so. New York, New Jersey people. I'm yeah, like, I have no idea. Like, hey, what's yo, going on here? How you doing? Who's telling Birkenstock? But it, but it wasn't until like I hit high school, like I figured out like a lot more people that I wouldn't have suspected, um, 
like this movie. So, you know, finally a, a group of us all went one one weekend. We were like, fuck it, we're doing the midnight show. We're, we're going to do this. Which, by the way, confession time, and I don't care because I've seen it so many times at this point, I have yet to be um, de-virginized for... You haven't been sacrificed? I never had to. Oh, never man. had to because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just that goddamn good. I got sacrificed. <laughs> I'm just that goddamn good to not have to do it. Atlantic City, you'd clean up with your poker face. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, after that, that first screening and seeing exactly like what went on, I, I I knew that this was that this was something special. Um, I can't tell you how many like dates I've taken, like how many girls I've taken to see this movie. That's a good I, I could, relationship right there. I I can honestly tell you, I think um, out of all the movies I've seen. I think this is the one I think I've seen the most of any movie, period. And it holds the record for being the most viewed by a person. It's held that record for a very, very long time. Well, it's still, it's even now, during a, listen, during a pandemic, it's still showing a drive-in. So, like, Rocky Horror will never die. No, it won't. Um, I mean, 45 you know, years, it's never died. I, I guess I could tell my, my um, it, it, was, it was a cool thing, but in hindsight now, it was kind of shitty. So oh, your story, okay? I've been waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, again, it was it was kind of cool. So I'm really close, and I'm gonna shop them out now with the Transylvania Nipple Production Shadow Cast in Philly, like the best Shadow Cast I've ever seen do this movie. If you ever get a chance to go to Philly when everything, actually, they're having a show on October 18th. It's a Sunday. Um, Barry Boswick will be there as a special oh, nice. guest. My name Ooh, in nice Philly. touch. And it's an open set, so like you'll be fine, like with with the social distancing, and but you'll get to see them actually perform. So these, but these guys are like family to me. So shout out to Nick and Erica for putting on. Nick, Nick is like the living embodiment of Tim Curry. Oh, like that's as, as Frank and Futter. and his wife Erica plays Magenta in the cast. Awesome. Um, Good pairing. So we've we've um we've been friends for a long time. So when I was dating my my lovely ex that you guys hear me bitch about so much on this oh, thing, that ex. when every, when everything when everything was kind of you know bon bon and good, um, I put together the ultimate proposal at Rocky Horror Picture Show at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill. Oh where, man! Where they they, oh, they factored in my proposal into their their pre-show. That's amazing. Oh. It was amazing, and it was an awesome proposal, except for the fact that she was a fucking bitch in the end, and you know, whatever. Oh, this this is the one that did all the. Man, you wasted all that effort. Yeah, yeah. All that effort. So you know, after that, I actually started a tradition now where anytime those guys do a show, either at Monster Mania or at their their home theater in Philly at the Ritz, um, somebody gets engaged now. But then, it, but it also has like the effect where depending on the couple, they usually don't don't last either. So. Oh, you started a curse, I man. Started, I started, I started a, a, a trend <laughs> and a curse. curse. Yeah. The Rocky Horror <laughs> engagement curse, yeah. But I mean, I did my daughter out of it, so. There you go. <clears throat> I got the bonus. Uh, I took that and ran. But I mean, you know, honestly, overall, I, I really, um, there's, there's just so much about this movie that, you know, and. Not not that we have to have labels, but I'm 100% straight, and I love this movie. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. I and honestly, like I I think the fact that like how for your brother and many other people, whether they're straight, they're gay, um, or other, trans, other. or other, whatever the case may be, this movie was kind of like like the the way to kind of like you know open. Like, like the floodgates to say that it's okay to be different, even if even if not, even if you were like how like you said, like that little 
you know, if you felt like, like the weirdo, like in the back of the classroom that kind of sat by himself, this was something that you had that was all yours and special to you where on a Saturday or Friday night, you can go there and, and be with like-minded people. Yeah. I mean, and not be judged. it's for the cisgendered. It is for gay, straight, you know, bi. It, it's for everybody, uh, transgender. It's everybody is accepted, included, um, you know, whatever your click was in high school. If you didn't have a click in high school, you can go there. For me, it was fashion. It was, I love musicals. I was an actress, you know, it was, and I was a singer, you know, it was just like a really fun thing. And it was such a social important part of my life for a long time. And I actually was the one that introduced, uh, Daniel, my brother to it. Um, I remember, uh, I would go like my parents at that time, they were only showing it in Greenwood, which is, uh, outside of Indianapolis. So it was a cruise at midnight, <laughs> you know, 12, 13 years old. And, you know, mom would drop me off and she like, Oh my God. Cause you have to come back after it was over in the middle of the night. And she was like, Oh my fucking God, but she'd do it. And so I, I showed it to my brother and, you know, I had it on CD and, you know, so, and I also had to get the VHS so then I could watch it at home. And uh, we watched the movie and we'd pick our favorite parts and we'd study the choreography and I put on the CD and he and I would do the moves. Like we would, you know, I could do all the Frankenfurter moves. I knew exactly when to threw the cape off, you know, and this was before I'd ever, you know, done any of the shadow acting, right. uh, but I had all the moves down, every character, especially Janet and Frankenfurter, which were my favorites. I ended up doing a lot of Janet. Um, Cause I, I was, you know, I'm a blonde. I was such a Janet. But uh, it also says something. It also says something too because like I'm, you know, I'm 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 like old school hip hop. Like I grew up like 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 a b boy like back like 80s 90s like like that type. And even to this day, like I know some like I don't want to say hood rat, um, but I know some like some like even like like females that like are hardcore like gangster chicks like you know like in the hip hop scene that are in love with Tim Curry as Frankenfurter. How can you not? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. And, you know, like like for, for Christmas, my sisters actually got the tape, the one that you're talking about, the 15th anniversary one. I think I watched it more than they did. And even then, we were all watching it together. You know, like my algebra teacher in freshman year gave me the um the CD, but it was the audience participation CD to borrow that had all the talk back. And that's when I discovered there was more talk back to this movie. Yeah, I learned all the callbacks. Um I can, and the funny thing is, is Daniel, wasn't it last Christmas? Because we all live apart. My mom's in Canada. He's in Kentucky. Our, his twin lives in, in Japan. So whatever. But I think it was Christmas. We were in the car with mom, and you put on the Rocky soundtrack, and we were singing Damn It, Janet, but we were doing all the callbacks and, yeah, and yeah. inserts. And mom's just like, you know. <laughs> she just didn't get it. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, oh, my God. I mean, she likes the movie, but she just – no, she didn't like it like that. Well, I think it takes it to the whole another level when you're actually participating and engaging, you know, in the situation. You're you're investing your time and yourself into something, and you meet the most amazing people that oh are so God. open and cool and fun and just you to, have to be you know, open to into it, this scene. It's it's just it was such a for me at the time it was just such an awesome film to be able to connect with this whole genre of people that I had never been exposed to before. Yeah, I mean, um, just amazing people. On the note of the audience participation, I, we may as well bring this topic up eventually. I was uh, wondering when you get to the point, you're probably going to say what I was going to say. Um, well, actually, what I'm going to say is thoughts on the uh, 
the TV adaptation Fox did several years ago. We don't talk about that abomination. I did not watch. That, uh, I watched. I watched it. That part that I did kind of like was how they actually featured audience participation in it. That was a nice touch. I saw. Um, I think I was in high school, so we're talking nineties. Um, and they showed it on TV, and they kind of. No, no, I'm, I'm talking I think recently. It was on VH1. Um, but they were showing the actual movie, but they had, had, were showing the live audience reactions. And, you know, in the very first the opening song where we would, you know, I would be up there doing the dance later on, you know, for the late night double feature, you know, uh, song, the open song. But, uh, you know, when they say in the back row and they're like, fuck you, back row. And the back row's like, fuck you. And, and, you know, but they like censored it. And I was like, hey. No, he meant he meant the remake, the one with um, Victoria Justice. Oh, okay. That abomination. Are you talking like, about it like four or five years ago? Are you talking about the Fox version with Laverne Cox? Yes. Yeah, I was not in favor of, of Laverne playing Frankenfurter. I just, it just didn't. I like Laverne. I like Laverne Cox. I just didn't like Laverne Cox as Frankenfurter, to be but honest. But again, you know, it's hard to top Tim Curry. There is no. I have <laughs> And let me let me just say this before Dave, because Dave didn't get a chance to really talk about this part yet. I just wanted to say I got to see it a couple. We, we talked about this that I got to see it. I think it was like last week or two weeks ago at the at, for the second time this year at a drive-in, and the crowd was so not into it that I, I actually got yelled at and was getting looks from me doing the the, the whole callbacks. It's like you can't help Listen, nobody nobody got up to do the fucking time warp. What? Man. Not one person. And this is why this is why Scranton can have nice things. <laughs> this is why quarantine really has done things to people. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave, uh, thoughts on this? Your experience? Uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, anybody around my age, because I'm a little older, as we all know, than y'all. I'm 55, so I was 10 when this movie came out. So I, I can't remember exactly when the first midnight showing I went to, probably 15 years old. I, I don't know how many years it was later when it started doing the midnight movie rounds, but I was probably 15 or so. And that was like all of us, I think, appeared in my life when I was trying to figure out who I was, who I wanted to be. Like when I was younger than that, I, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I was very quiet. And I, around 15, I just started to like come out more. And I was with this kind of tight circle of friends and we started going to these midnight shows and it was like we've all said it was the most accepting and beautiful and wonderful group of people and everybody was different in their own way there were some really hardcore people who really got into the acting part and and and, and there were people like me who just kind of hung back i mean i sat near the front but i never got up on stage i never had the fucking balls to do that shit but did you get the was so Oh, I got up. No, I did all the audience participation stuff, but I never could get up on stage. I could never. I, this day, I probably couldn't do that. Yeah, I was gonna say you said you're 55. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Our mom is 58. Oh Lord. Yeah. Oh, okay. thank you. I, I'm gonna go now because. So she was really, she was really young when she had me. Okay. Just be, uh, yeah. be fair. And and, and too, um, my my parents were also older than most of my friends' parents. So there's a huge gap there. Like my parents were, so they didn't get any of this shit. Like They're my like, parents what were like, what the fuck is with this kid? It's the same thing when I told you when we did Night of the Living Dead that I would watch, we did the 90s version, but I talked about the original version that I would watch it on VHS and my parents would walk in and watch me watch this movie. They'd be like, what the fuck is with this kid? <laughs> you know, cause they were older. They were, um, anyway, um, so yeah, this was like the first time I started at around 15 or 16 maybe, and probably in Teenage, you said, Nico, you went and saw it in Teaneck. 
Yeah. Yeah, that might have been the theater I went and saw it at because it wasn't shown in Bergen Fields. It might have been Teaneck that we drove over to to go see it. I can't remember the name of the theater, but it was it was like in a little plaza. Um, I think it was like the yeah. cinema cinema thirty five. I think it was called back then. We're talking forty years ago, but I but uh, it was probably in Teaneck. That, that sounds familiar. And also one time, I actually went. We went on a pilgrimage. We saw it at the Waverly in Greenwich Village. One. Oh one, wow. Uh, that's the mecca for yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good location. That's the theater that the original Midnight Showing was at, the, the Waverly Theater in Greenwich Village. Mm -hmm. and we actually took a pilgrimage to the city. Is the Waverly still even there? I believe. Actually, you know what? I don't think so. I think they, they've actually changed theaters where they were showing it before the pandemic hit. Yeah, yeah but anyway, that was... That was a uh, that was a, a good deal. Um, so like everybody else here, this was the first time when I started to discover who I wanted to be. I could be more outgoing, but still be goofy and still be me. It was, it was a great experience. Um, and and through the years, I mean, I'm I've got it on the screen right now, and it gives me chills watching it. It brings back all those emotions. And not to mention, I will get to it. The fucking music in this movie I is know. top shelf. They're really awesome. Very great. When I was doing my look tonight, I was singing, you know, over at the Frankenstein place. <laughs> it, is so, it is so catchy. I, I just, I, it's so catchy. And uh, damn it, Janet, you can't get that shit out of your head. Opportunity, <laughs> bless my soul. I really love the rock and roll. That's my favorite scene in the entire movie is when Meatloaf comes out. Oh, yeah. And I love as, as corny as he is, he's so denying. He's got a phenomenal voice. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, this and Hell are two albums that you could play back to back and never get fucking tired of. I could listen to this. I, I Bad Out of Hell. 100% agree with that. Everything about this movie is fucking great. It's weird. It's weird. It's not. It's but not. It's not it doesn't weird. make any sense, but I don't care. I love the I love the floor show. The floor show is one of my favorite scenes. Oh yes. See Columbia when we would um actually hot dog. Yeah. And it's got this movie's got the ending of it too, the floor show, and then it's got real emotion. That whole part, the last twenty minutes is very emotional, I find. The don't dream it, be it. And that's I'll see it like you know when we're driving and stuff. I'll we'll see it on somebody, a bumper sticker on somebody's car that says "Don't dream it be." I'm like, oh, a Rocky fan. Yeah. Which, which realistically, that that's such an important message to have too. Is like you know, it is. It is, and it's and it's not even just the essence of like you know, um, not not just also being yourself, but like if you have like a goal or an aspiration, like get off your ass, go fucking do it. Don't, Don't dream, dream it, it, be it. Yeah. Um, on, a, on a personal note, the community theater where I've done some of my favorite shows, like uh, Sweeney Todd, one of my first ones, um, a couple of years ago they did Rocky Horror for their October production because they usually try to do one that's thematic. And they did a phenomenal job, in my opinion. I really wish I could have been a part of it, but I, my job didn't allow it at the time. But I will never forget the that moment during the floor show when the guy they had playing their professor kicked his legs up... <laughs> I had never heard that theater explode like that in my life. I mean, yeah, it's, that's really, I loved that's him really in this movie. That's really the, the moment in this movie because he's the straight laced, you know, and, and then he kicks out. He's got those fit. It's like, yes, I, I can't, working, I can't you know, they, they were all working those heels. It was freeing. 
from the day he was born. Just born. He was Robert. You know, when I was growing up, um, Columbia was always my favorite character. Yes, he was always Columbia. You know, as I've gotten older, I don't know. I'm really all about me since Susan Sarandon. I think she just yes. slayed it down. But also, like, I'm obsessed, of course, with Frankenfurter. I think that they might be my two favorite characters now as I've gotten older. And see, those are my two favorite characters from the get-go. I was yeah. always a Janet. Um, when I stopped doing it, I was a stand-in Janet because I wanted. I was. I would always do the opening. Me and my little clique, we did the opening dance. And um, but you know, um, I do Janet for a while. I kind of retired from that, and I started bringing him along, you know, corrupting my young brother. <laughs> and uh, you know, at that point, I was just more social. I I would participate and do stuff, but I was mingling. I was doing stuff. I was doing some dances and everything. And there was one time I got to be Frankenfurter. I always wanted to be Frankenfurter. Who didn't? I know. I wanted to be him so bad, but you know that role. It was the one that everybody wanted. We had somebody who was really good, and I got to fill in. And I knew all the moves. I didn't have the outfit because I wasn't prepared. Um, but I got to do it. I mean, even when he's coming down the elevator with the foot taps and the heels, I know every single move, including the gestures of his face for Sweet Transvestite. I mean, I know it backwards and forwards. She had caught a flat well. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can the soundtrack all. Ugh. Yeah, I was just. And, I was uh, for, 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 for once, I'm going to be the one to venture a little off topic here. I shared oh. this. I shared this in the group chat with you, Candy. Um, have you guys ever seen the return of Captain Invincible? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I it's an Australian flick. It is god awful. It's one of the biggest bombs in cinematic history. It made like only a few thousand at the box office. But the writer of the songs for Rocky Horror wrote the songs for this. Richard O'Brien. Oh. And there, there's, just, there's just a magnificent number of Christopher Lee torturing the hero by singing about booze because the hero's a recovering alcoholic and Christopher Lee is living it up to the maximum. If you don't name and your you poison, I'll have to call actually, the poison. And he actually did metal albums later on. You know that, right? So did Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee is fucking amazing. He, he did my favorite Christmas album, his metal Christmas album. Yeah, I loved his metal. Like, it was just fucking cool. Like, we got Sauron, like, doing fucking metal, you know? <laughs> I have no gifts to give. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, I need to uh, bring up a serious topic, if, if you don't mind. Um, a little something to say. When this movie came out, it was a critical and commercial failure. Yeah. I mean, it completely... And what and and I'm gonna on a personal note I'm gonna say it's because it was way ahead of its time. It, but, that, it, yeah. but it did come agree. out at the correct time in my mind because, you know, um, it kind of set the tone for like you know people to come forward and express themselves and be themselves and and explore you know who they wanted to be. But it was the LGBTQ plus. Uh, community that would go to the midnight showings uh, and that gave it uh, the revival because it, it sucked. Everybody hated it, but they were started like making fun of the movie and, and it just became a thing. And then everybody wanted to do it. Now the room's trying, you know, they do that a little bit with the spoons and shit, but it's nothing like rocker Rocky horror. There's, you know, um, 
but yeah, it was it was the LGBTQ community that did that. But the thing is, my question to you guys who are familiar with the callbacks, um, mm-hmm. do you think they've aged well? Well, I mean, I, I know I, I'll go because I I saw it twice this year already, and I the, the first time I saw it, um, I went with like a mix. Of, there was actually a mix of people that are from all walks of life, and I mean, they were screaming some of the stuff back to the screen that might. See, I think I think that's the appeal of Rocky Horror, where um, I don't I don't want to say it's okay to to not be PC in that situation, but I mean, it's it's such a time honored tradition with right. yeah and with the callbacks. Started by the LGBTQ community. I mean, the, the the first callback line was, "Why don't you buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch?" Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, during, during over the over at the Frankenstein place. So you know, I mean, Sal Sal Piero. I mean, he's I think he's he's openly gay. Yes, the the president yes, of the Rocky Horror. Okay. He, he's so, I mean, he was the guy that started all of this. Right. I so mean, he's very revered. I mean, I I sat next to somebody because there was like a group of us, and then there was like randoms that were sitting with us, you know, for the first screening. Not the abomination that happened a couple weeks ago. That that never happened, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, um, shit. Like I, they were, there was um, it was a, it was a lesbian, um, it was a gay man, it was a trans. And they were screaming like some off the wall shit at the screen. <laughs> I was like, I was dying. When we were listening, um, like I said, this was just last year um, when when we were on here for Christmas. The thing we were out shopping, and with our mom. But you know, um, the song "Damn It, Janet." If you remember the things that they say, and we're just freely saying them, but I really think it may be one of those reclamations of a nasty term, but we can use it because it's ours and we are empowering that word. The F word that we just talked about, not fuck. Yeah, the other one. But you know, like, oh, Brad, you. Yeah. Flip. But you know. Or, or just like when you know, right before when right before Rose Tent My World comes up, when Frank's in the pool, you know, like the callback is, "Excuse me, waiter, there's a in my soup." Yeah. Or one of my favorite callbacks from that is actually when Frank's in the middle, and it's like the Michelangelo painting between God and man touching fingers, uh, yeah. and it's like. The only thing between God and man is a transvestite. <laughs> was one of the callbacks that I heard. Another callback I heard that came out of a gay man's mouth, and I and I was crying. And I had never heard this before. I was crying from laughing so hard. Was right in the beginning when the Fox logo comes up, and the 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 person called out, "This movie's so gay, the zero's not even straight." <laughs> I was like, "How have I never heard that all these years watching this movie, and I yeah, never heard that?" You can improvise. I mean, there are the classic callbacks that everybody knows. That I mean, I can tell I you. Know, oblivion, how the wife and kids. Fucking one. Like I came up with shit like on the spot, like when when Frank's doing the sweet transvestite, when he's like, "How about that?" I'll scream out like people's eyebrow, like how the Rock does, and he, he you know, it, it happens. He does. Yeah, because he does that. Yeah, yeah. I can see it because of my lashes, but I'm doing it. It would be interesting if someone did a study, like the regional callbacks, like the callbacks that were done over here in this region of the U.S. That's true. I bet you the was yeah, different throughout the it U.S. It room for improvisation, but like our regional callbacks that are always going to be there, that were started by Sal, and and then that really got this uh this whole revival cult. Yeah, I mean they were they were using derogatory terms 
uh, for the gay community, and they were taking that power and they were pushing it right back out. I mean, yeah, I think but, but, always, but here's this. They only have power if you let them have power. Right. Exactly. So, you know, also, like, um, Erica and I have talked about with our third wave feminism, you know, we can call people cunts because that's our word. And we can use it as a place of power because we own that word. We can use that word however we want. You know what I mean? Like, we can call people cunts all day. And that's our word. Yeah, yeah, I've always felt that way. You don't, you don't let someone who's trying to hurt you with the word, don't let them have the power. Take that word back and say, fuck you. Yeah, I'm a Jew or I'm a faggot or whatever. It's, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, own it, own it, man. That's what I, I mean, yeah, That's the way. I was. Well, it's it's kind of like how we were, you know, how we had the day of the dead episode, how Romero did that with the derogatory term towards, you know, Hispanics. Yeah. With, with Miguel, and yes. it even happened in Land of the Dead because of John Leguizamo. Uh-huh. You know, people people forget, or or I don't know if they they realize Romero's half Cuban. Yeah. Was half Cuban, so I'm sure yes. he was called that all his life. So, you know, just like how you know Dave just said. You, you you take like the negative and you kind of flip it to make the ignorant ones realize like you're a fucking idiot for trying to for trying. Yeah. It's like you would. I'm gonna take your power away from it and I'm gonna use it as my own power. Yeah. To show you like this fucking doesn't offend me. Now I'm very curious about what Daniel has to say about this as a gay man. Um, you know, I think for me, there's a, a little bit of uncomfortability when I'm around people who haven't been exposed to it as much. Like, there's a different level of comfort with, like, just people who haven't seen it and don't really understand or get the whole, like, you know, the whole the whole aspect, the whole wide scope of the situation. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I I don't typically have any issue with using that word myself and and people have obviously called me that and thrown it in my face and I'll, like you said you know nico i'll throw it right back at him like feel free to say it it doesn't hurt me whatsoever in fact like it makes me feel stronger here here now you can have this back so i don't really like get too caught up on it but as far as like the rocky horse singing it thing like you know, doing the callbacks during the movie i've never felt like one ounce of uncomfortable because everybody there is so so nice and so welcoming and so accepting and open. So I've really done callbacks unless I'm in an audience and everybody's so open. We it's never an issue or a problem whatsoever. Yes. Well, I was I was curious about that. You know, because uh, I did a little digging um, in my curiosity on on this subject, and and it, the community, the LGBTQ community, is split on this. Some feel that it's empowering. And the other half feel like it's derogatory. You know, we live in a very PC world. Uh-huh. And I think political correctness is a good thing. It's respectful. But there's a point where it's that. like, you With gotta, you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, you know, I, I work in property management and I just got um, elected to the the diversity and inclusion committee that we formed with our company and they've nominated me vice chair. And as we're kind of getting things set up and aligned and organized, a conversation that we had was, you know, a girl had said, well, I don't like the term master suite talking about for a bedroom, you know, it implies, you know, there's different contexts, you know, you just don't really think about that somebody would be offended by calling a bedroom a master suite. Right. Never would have thought that. Even something that small, I mean, you know, that's the kind of world we're living in now and that's what we have to adapt to. It's, it's, 
confusing to me. Um, this was my first year celebrating Pride as a member of the community. I did not know my sexual orientation. I thought I was gay for a while. I did have a girlfriend for a little bit in high school, but I figured I wasn't gay. Uh, but I knew I wasn't exactly straight. I, I found out I was asexual. Um, but right. I, thought, I actually kind of had conversion therapy for that. Um, they they sent me to a sexual therapist um and said you know the the term frigid was used a lot and that is a mean nasty fucking word they gave me pills to like increase my libido so i would want to have sex with men and um it was really awful for me and then you know now that we've got the lgbtq plus and i always use that plus because there is more there's so much more and being an asexual and now um a demisexual because i'm in a very happy hetero marriage um but it took me a long time to get to that point. You know, it, it's just like, I don't know, I, I celebrated it, but I've always been involved in the community. And uh, it's it's good where we are. The, the PC is good. And, and there's a line where it just gets to be like, what the fuck? We got to we, we got to have show. something. Well, to as go- a gay man, I mean, when you break down Rocky Horror, we're talking about alien transvestites from a planet of Transylvania. Enough said. Like, yeah, sign me up. Throw all logic out the door. This story, like, what's the story? Who cares? Everyone looks fabulous. I mean, who didn't want to look like Frankenfurter or Janet or whoever or, or, you know, Rocky? Like, okay, you know, who didn't want to identify with some of these characters? Who didn't want to go and meet people who are open-minded enough to do this shit? You know, it, it's it's just a wonderful thing where you can go um, and you can leave that shit at the door. If I may interject. Yes. In a way, this is one thing I do with my dad. It's it's his theory about the Senate investigations into Mortal Kombat when I was a kid, the video game. Yeah. You know, like people will, some may object to Rocky Horror and say, oh, but that's so perverted, so degenerate. And I would say, you're actually going to compare what you see in this movie to some of the real insane shit that goes on out there. You have no idea. That, yeah. was my, that was my dad's moral comedy. So, like, you're comparing that stupid video game to, like, a drive-by. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Good for your dad. Yeah, excellent. My mom, um, you know, our mom was it, very open. Um, she really let us listen to and watch and play whatever we wanted. Um, within, you know, we had very loose borders. So, you know, we were exper- experimenting with our looks and um, – you know, with uh, who we were, what we listened to, what we watched, and she was cool with it. She may not have liked it, but she was okay. Like, you can do that. And that, I really think, helped us figure out who we were. And I try to be that way with my own children. But, you know, this this world, uh, you know, I just, I just hate to think of a time where people will shut down Rocky Horror because they find it offensive. Um, it's not meant to be offensive. It's meant to be a celebration. It's meant to be fun. And, uh, you know, if you, if you don't get it, it's, it's sort of like the whole Joel's uh, explanation of Mystery Science Theater. Mm-hmm. The right people will get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's lasted 45 years. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime oh, yeah. soon. I mean, I was just making, <laughs> No matter what. They, they can the try. Options. Those lips, these lips, they're, they're, they're going nowhere. They're forever. They're, they're, they're forever to stay. You know, the, the whole... I don't even think it's even a cult anymore. I think it's like it's more of like like its own. It's a legacy now. Yeah, it's, it's it's beyond the cult. It's cult, yeah. It's it, whatever it is bigger than cult. That that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it, it is is definitely its thing, and it's uh, and I really think um, 
a lot of us here are Misty's. Um, so I really think this in, in some sort of way sort of started that evolution towards, hey, I'm going to talk back at this movie. I'm going to talk over this movie. I'm going to pick these things and I'm going to, you know, really just have fun with it. And I really think somewhere in the back of Joel's mind that had to been there. And, then, and you get to be part of the movie when you do that. You you become part of the movie. Exactly. It's an experience. I get to be part of this 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 celebration of freedom and and, and also silliness and it's it. I mean, it is a ridiculous movie when you like like you're like, There you know, really is no plot to speak of. If you're looking for seriousness, you're in the wrong fucking place. Exactly. <laughs> but you get to be part of that ridiculousness and it sets you free. That's what I felt. When I used to go see it at 15, I get to be part of this ridiculous mashup of all these things, that, and I get to be part of it and let go of like my my inhibitions and my exactly. I just said self consciousness. Self consciousness. There you go. <laughs> You've had one too many there. No, I actually I need one more. Uh, but I, I, uh, I don't think we can say enough about Tim Curry. I don't know if we, we haven't talked oh about Oh, my him. Lord. No, not there's enough can ever be said. Yeah. Yeah. Tim the only thing I have on Tim Curry is Congo, but we can fight about that later. Oh, yeah. there, there's there's a couple of others I can tell but, you. Uh, he did some stinkers. I mean, even as a as a, a 15-year-old trying to figure out my sexuality, Tim Curry's like, my God, that's a sexy man. Good Lord. The greatest moments in the movie is, you know, before the whole don't dream of be it when he's up there, and he's like, whatever happened to Faye Ray? And I like when he's like, I, and I, as, uh, I started to cry because I wanted to be dressed just the same. Now, how many boys out there did not feel that? I mean, Daniel, did that affect yeah. you? Yeah, like I, I wanted to be the same. Impactful. That whole scene's very impactful. I, I Absolutely. I love the whole, like, I just love the whole thing, you know? I just, every time that movie ends, all I can think about is what Magenta and Riff Rap are doing when they leave the planet. Like, it's so emotional. Yeah. yeah the last 20 minutes of the movie was very I'm sorry? The last, you cut out. Yeah, the last 20 minutes of this movie are very emotional. It's very, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's hard to watch without welling up a little bit, I find. And I love the song Superheroes. And when, because I saw, I saw this first in theaters. So when I got the VHS, they had taken it out. And, and I was like, they're missing that whole song. And that was a great fucking ending song. And so later on, in additions, uh, fairly recently, they put it back in in the in the home video. Well, it's like the U, it's the UK version, they they call it. Yeah, I'm like, why would they cut that song? I don't understand. Cause they're just like laying there in their little you know, bussiers and stuff, and just kind of crawling. You know, and it's just it's a beautiful song. It's a great ending song. And I'm like, why did they fucking cut that out of the home video? There was nothing offensive. I can't. I don't understand. Like they left all the other shit in, but they're gonna cut. Probably that. time constraints. Probably time, and then they they cut out um uh, Barry Boswick's one song uh, once in a while as well. Yeah. Barry Boswick. Which which they, they they never even filmed. I guess they like I don't know if you've seen it when it's actually like cut into the movie, but it's like a still shot I think or like highlights of earlier in the movie with with him and Janet. Yeah. That I they mean, that they did so. Yeah, so I was pissed at the, at the VHS version, but I would practice to it. You know, and and it was just a really fun bonding thing for my brother and I. Um, like I said, I, I, we were, I was teaching him the moves. We were practicing the moves when he had to have been like 12 years old. Um, and then uh, we moved back because we were living in Virginia for about a year. We moved back to Indy, 
because uh, I didn't like it there. And, um, you know, then I was old enough to start going. And then as I got to where I, I graduated high school, then I was just like, bam, I was on the scene, you know. And um, then I would pick him up and we'd go and he'd party all night. Uh, like the time when you got really fucking drunk and puked all over my apartment. Well, before we get into that, we should talk about the fact that you were driving. So everybody get off the fucking sidewalks and (laughs) (laughs) terrible, terrible. This little old lady from Pasadena. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the most drunk nights I think I've ever had in my entire life. I'll never forget that night. I'm like, what's mom going to say? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was bad. Look what you did to my car. I was literally puking all over her apartment, like and everywhere. All over her apartment. We've been partying, and then I just I just hear him retching all the way, puking his way to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, clean up. And he was like, I can't. I'm like, you better. I'm not cleaning that shit up. Like, who gave you liquor? <laughs> well, it was that girl, Emily. And I remember I walked across the street and, and hung out with her in her apartment for a while while you guys were at the party. She was just... You know, Emily was just fucking wasted. Here's my, like, 15-year-old brother. I'm like, shit, what am I going to tell mom? So, luckily, he was spending the night at, my, at me and Jan's apartment. So, which was in the party house. I, I, I guess I should have thought that went through. But then she um, also had to take me home, so that was scary. <laughs> talk, talk about Tim Curry, something I've challenged people with occasionally via Facebook, you know, the Nightmare Nerd, is like, can you name pictures where Tim Curry was phoning it in? Because he always brings his A-game. Yes. Yeah, and, and your favorite of ours is Clue. Oh, I, mean, I love That's Clue. one of his he favorites, too, actually. Clue all the time. Oh but um, since, since it is Halloween season and I am sporting the gear, yes. uh, the TV movie The Worst Witch... Yeah. <laughs> as, as, much, as, much, as much as everyone loves it, and it is a cute, great kids Halloween movie, Tim Curry, during that big musical number, he's got this look in his face, and I just I just look at that and I say, he's totally thinking, just remember you need the money. Just remember you need the money. He's only in it for like that one scene, right? Yeah, like that, just that yeah. one musical number, and he's just, he looks like he just wants to be anywhere else. He actually has a wonderful voice, and he released several he's albums. Phenomenal. And I love his voice, his musical numbers in Rocky Horror because it shows a great range, like, you know, really sassy in uh, Sweet Transvestite. And then, you know, I'm c- coming home. Was up, you know, was. <laughs> I love my favorite is, you know, you better wise up, Janet wise. You know. And uh, one of the other ones where you could tell he phoned it in was this really obscure Don Bluth cartoon movie, The Pebble and the Penguin. He has, a, he has a musical number in that, and you could just tell he did not give one solitary shit. And I can't blame him because the mute, the lyrics suck. I, I tell you, I know um, Pennywise gets a lot of love because he was great as Pennywise. And I mean, there's a lot of movies that he's great in. Like, he's great in Home Alone, too. Yes. As, as a, a concierge. The Monster Island. Muppets Treasure Island. I, I think one of my favorite, um, besides him, is Frankenfutter. Um, the Tales from the Crypt episode when he played the entire family, the, the farmer family. Oh. Yeah. Oh the God. Death of Some That's Salesman episode. Yes. Salesmanship. <laughs> okay, important question. Why is this big around Halloween? Why is this considered part of the horror genre? Uh, well, Go ahead. Transvestites from the planet Transylvania. 
<laughs> Anybody else got it? Was, it was a cult movie. It is, and it was always meant. Richard O'Brien, not not just to find out his own sexuality, he also wrote this because he's a big fan of those 1950s like sci-fi horror movies. Yeah, you can tell that in the opening song because all, all the all the all the titles that that are named through yeah. science fiction double feature. Night, double feature picture show. The entire movie is a is a giant dress up party. The costume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, I like what's for dinner. Party, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think this movie too is very, you know, style, you know, very like because of the type of people who have. I mean, in my experience, it was always like a goth type of crowd, or like it was always a darker kind of genre of, you know, punk and goth and steampunk and those types of genres. And I feel like like they they're typecasted to be like this kind of like Halloween kind of like you know what I mean I don't like, know if I can dress up <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like it's put in also because of the type of people that really support it at least when I was there and it automatically because of that reason you know it's like when you think about somebody like drag queen you know drag queen um Sharon needles like you know she's I kind of a, a spook queen you know what i mean and i think that you know it's easy for people to like be like she's so halloweenish you know because of the the dress up and the colors and the different you know things so you know speaking of which think, we do drag on halloween <laughs> that doesn't surprise me <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean he's done some amazing drag so amazing. i think that i think that some of that stuff though has just propelled it into being more of like a halloween kind of movie when really it's you know, it's it's not. It's an everyday movie. Well, I don't know. See, here's the, here's the thing, too. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off then. But, you know, I mean, forget the fact that horror is actually in the title of the movie. Like, the movie actually is a horror movie when you really... Well, we it's a horror science musical science fiction comedy. He hacks meatloaf to pieces. Exactly. There's, there's, besides, besides, like, transvestites and... You know, the bisexuality, there's cannibalism, there's murder, <laughs> there's yeah. incest. Like, That's there's true. a ton of shit that you would normally find in a horror movie in this lighthearted romp of the movie. Yeah, so that's another reason why I think it plays big during Halloween. It's not just not only because of the whole, you know, dressing up as the characters, but I think it's because it actually is a horror movie and people forget that. That's true. That's true. I mean, I guess because I don't associate it with that too much. Uh, to me, it was just like a place I could express myself. Like I had to work. I was in college. But, you know, I love over the top lashes and great, you know, clothes and looks and hair. And it was my way to be Fabulous. me. You know, I, I love to just <laughs> be over. I'm over the top. Like if I could do this every day, I would. If I could dress like this every day, like the outfits that I would wear and the shoes and the fucking all that, I was I wanted to be that every day, but I, I got to do it on Saturdays. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I am of uh, this movie really for me is what Halloween should be. Make yeah. no mis- make no mistake, I love you know your your bloody gory stuff on Halloween. Well, we know a lot. But, we we all know how much we love gore on this show. But 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 nonetheless, particularly like for the neighborhood I live in, where there's a lot of little kids, it should be just fun okay absolutely yeah it, it should yes it should be scary it should also be fun it should be cute it should be funny you know and this movie kind of embodies all that yes it's a, it's a good time like it's an actual good time like you go rock. you i mean it's rock. exactly even though like you know by the end of the movie spoiler i mean i mean if you haven't seen it by now like what the like, fuck oh are my you, God, where the like, fuck what, what, what are you doing <laughs> you but, i mean even though like you know the 
Frank's dead by the end, and so is Rocky, and everybody's pretty much like, like it's kind of a big like, where, where does it go from here? And they, I guess they tried to answer that in the sequel, which I, yeah. I, I've, I've purposely never seen just because I don't think it captures the same, same yeah, it's essence or magic of, of the movie. Leave it alone. Of shock treatment, which I know some, like they, you know, true Rocky horror fans hate shock treatment, but yeah, we do. Whatever. We do hate it. Um, you still fucking walk out of the theater feeling very good. Like you feel a beat. Like you, yeah. you know, you had an experience and a half watching that movie. You were dancing. You were singing. Yeah. You were talking. You, you were, were screaming you were asshole and slut at the to the screen for an hour and a half. Like yeah. <laughs> shout a squirt gun. I'm not throwing yeah. rice. Yeah, and... the first time I went and I got hit in the face with a, a piece of toast. A toast. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Why are you bread? What's happening? Because you know, after I got sacrificed off, you have to go sit with the person. At least the where I was going, you know. Here, um, when you the person who won you in the um the uh, auction, uh, you would have to sit with them. Hmm. So yeah, they're all just giggling. I'm like, please don't get my hair wet after that. You know, when I would go later, I'm like, anybody shoots me with the fucking squirt gun, I will stomp your ass to the ground. Don't fuck <laughs> with my hair. But otherwise, we're good. <laughs> You know, speaking of uh, Tim Curry and heels and whatnot, I feel like uh, him and Prince are the only two men that walk this earth that can actually run around and dance and do whatever the fucking. I well, mean, that shows that you haven't experienced ballroom or like really good drag. <laughs> but but yeah, they they do kill the both of them. My, my, like I was talking about before, but the Shadowcast, my my friend Nick that does for for the TMP in Philly, uh, he's another one. I've never seen a man <laughs> be able to run and run around a whole theater. Perfectly in heels <laughs> and not miss a beat. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Like I, I, I can't even wear like regular sneakers and walk like perfectly. I'm kind of a klutz, but like you know, I can't imagine wearing those goddamn things. All credit yeah. to women. I don't know how you wear those things. Yep. Uh, beauty is pain. Listen, I, I can contest this because uh, was it three years ago? I did the bearded lady as a joke. For Halloween, I didn't feel like well, I'll do something funny, so I, I said, "Fuck it, I'll do the bearded lady." And I had a bunch of uh, drag queens. And my roommate at the time, he he is gay, and his other gay friend, all of them were like making me up. And I oh. gotta give you credit, Candy. Like I don't know how you did it, how you do it daily. I had to wear a bra for this thing, and after eight hours, I I understood when it came off. I understood. Especially I, when I got it. In the big brass our area, like you know, the women, they're not. Bras, they're contraptions. There's metal. There, it's like almost like a corset. Bra is like a fucking contraption. Like I think, I think, I think I was wearing a a 34 triple D bra, and it was still like constricted. Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, I was, I was like in a lot of pain. And by the time, by the time like the event was over, the Halloween party I went to, and I came in second place to a guy that played Noah from the Bible. I, I was like, seriously? <laughs> like, seriously? I lost it to this guy. Yeah. Like, I had, I was getting felt up the whole night by men and women. Like, they were just touching, like, the big titties that I had. Regardless. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, I know. You got big titties, everybody thinks that they're, like, I know. Dumb. They're just like, hey, those are big it's titties. Like, it's like, it's like, eh? yeah. But I feel your pain. I've done drag a couple times. I want to. Yeah, yeah, but I, I was there. Damn, it's bro- felt up pretty good. When that when that bra came off, Candy, I gotta tell you, I I completely understand. Just like I, oh. I understood. Listen, I understood the breathe. Rick Ross meme. The Rick Ross meme when he's when Rick Ross when he's sitting with his titties hanging on his man titties, and it's like it's like that feeling when your bra comes off and it's him like just chilling. Yeah, oh I understood. 
I totally got it after that. <laughs> it's a refreshing thing. Like I actually me. had a bad experience with. Wait, let me tell you this really quick. I had a bad experience when they were putting the fake eyelashes on me. My I my genius all the time. Okay, my my genius old roommate instead of using actual eyelash glue, used nail glue. No. And it got in my eye. No. Got in my eye. I was almost like blinded in my right oh, eye for this. Yeah. All for a Halloween costume. Sure. Just, we're going out there. I appreciate your commitment. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Um, but you know, you really. Photo. We need I'll send the photos in the in the chat. Photo. Yeah. Definitely. I'll also send the photos where I met the cast of Rocky Horror too. Yes. Oh, amazing! Yes. Definitely do that. Now, so. I, I I just I just gotta ask when you were the bearded lady. Mm-hmm. Did you get do you get any invitation to the scene from Spaceballs? So Wait, who are you? I'm the bearded oh, lady. Oh, absolutely, you yeah. Freaks. Absolutely, yeah. Get back here, back, back, bearded back, bitch. back then, my beard was actually like my beard was like down to here though. I had a big ass beard. So yeah, I'll I'll send the pictures. Yeah, but I listen. I I know the commitment that you guys put in. Like, and just the same like how you know Tim Curry had to do it, and and, and Rocky Horror. I I understand. I understand. Yeah, for me, it's like, I'm just, I really, um, third wave feminism is, uh, you know, because uh, the, the the former movements in feminism were just to shed all of the, you know, the beauty products and, and all of that. But third wave feminism is reclaiming them. And I've always been very feminine. I'm into makeup. I love my hair. I like my boobs look good. I like to wear, you know, out, cute outfits, whatever. And But I'm still feminist. Because this is me reclaiming, this is me being powerful. But I love doing my lashes. I love doing my hair. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's empowering to me. It feels good. But it is a lot of work. But I enjoy the work. You know, I put on tunes and I zone out when I do makeup. I'm doing art. This is art to me. This is exactly. expressionism. And, and so I've reclaimed that. So it's not like I'm doing it to impress men. I'm doing it because it feels good. And I feel good when I do it. And, and as it is, I respect women to no end, but that that gave me a little bit more appreciation for women on on how to really like properly treat women after some of the and honestly, like and there was there was um I was getting catcalled, honestly, surprisingly, yeah. um, because I, I guess I'm, I'm like big in the bear community, I guess. And they, oh, yeah. they love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, so they love me. Your, but what was your bearded drag lady drag name? Oh, Irma, Irma Guard. <laughs> yeah i was i was dubbed this by by the gay drag queen yes, yes. perfect oh my god yeah to show you some of his drag pictures because um he, he does he did this one year with the bunny and the fucking red contacts and he looks amazing so he's kind of like horror drag but I don't yeah know. i'm more like boulet brothers you know yeah. i love like conceptual drag um actually here on sunday nights in louisville they have a it's called drag me to hell at club play they do a a drag me to hell contest here and they have a tournament where they have drag queens come up and do conceptual drag art it's it's exciting it's super cool i can't wait to go jim Cornette for me that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. I'll have corny. photos and send them to you guys. I have, uh, yeah, I have some pictures um, of he and I together. He did a clown one year. Um, it was the year I was Barbara from Night Living Dead, and he's doing his drag performance, popping these balloons, and comes over and he gives me a flower, and I have a picture of me holding the flower with him, and I'm Barbara. <laughs> so it was just, I'm, we had I'm some sorry. fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To get you, Barbara. Yeah, you were, you, you were, you, you guys were stellar, like, 
Yeah, Sean was Johnny, and he, he had the gloves, the glasses. Uh, a drag queen clown. Yeah, he was a drag queen clown. Yeah, I was a drag queen clown. Oh, my dear. So, <laughs> oh, I have pictures. That, should I come over? I will post them in chat. <laughs> Available for birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Yes. Yes. Forbid we have forbid we learn which of the part that goes beep beep. <laughs> but Tim Curry as it was amazing. I I really uh, I thought that um, the new uh, it was the guy who played it. What's his Andrew Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. He did an exceptional job with the role. The problem that I had with both of them were that they were just so overuse of CGI that it made it stupid. Like when he was doing his own thing, like the scene where he's underneath the bleachers and he's drooling for that little kid. It was it one of the creepiest moments in both of those movies. And there was no CGI in it. It was just all him playing as like, just acting his ass off. So I just yeah. think if they would have used less CGI, both of those, it's would have been so much better. Well, so. you know, they, they definitely use a uh, very little, except for like um, maybe when he came through the shower floor with Eddie, um, yeah. Tim Curry, but I thought Tim Curry just everything Tim Curry he just was, yeah, it was all his own fucking show, and I thought he was great. Like a time when Stop he just came to life in the TV movie when with Tim Curry as Pennywise, and he starts climbing the pole and like gets really close. Oh, and does the I'll kill you all? Yeah, I'll kill you <laughs> all. Wow, that was good. I mean, you're just like chills, and it was a yeah, fucking I'll movie. You crazy. Great. I'll kill you all. He great. <laughs> That was, that was really good, by the he way. But... Some really, you should hear him do his Chucky. Do you know, do your Chucky. Do you know Nightmare Nerd? Do your Chucky. <laughs> Come on, your Chucky is so good. Come on. I think I hurt my throat just doing a laugh, actually. <laughs> I, I, now I can't figure out what the hell you're asking me, actually. No, we do where Chucky, like the mom finally figures out that Chucky is alive because there's no batteries. And what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> you stupid bitch, you fell in contact your fucking bitch. <laughs> He's so good at Jackie. So good. But I, I had a hard time uh, when they uh, played the role. When they announced the new It movie, I, I had a hard time with it because I was so loyal to Tim Curry. Yeah. I was, I was completely willing to like ignore it, but then I finally saw. And and uh, Skarsgård did a really great job. Um, he did. But, um, like his eyes, he can actually do that. Just together in the same universe. It doesn't have to be one or the other. But yeah, I, I think as loyal Tim Curry fans, I, I was like taken aback that, oh my God, they're going to try to redo Tim Curry's performance, you know, but not redo. Really, at least in the first movie. The second, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like um, there's a, there's enough room for both of them to, to yeah, kind of coexist with Pennywise. I, I like, actually, I, I, it, to me, it's kind of like the whole Nicholson ledger uh, with Joker. It's, it's the same yeah, debate. Yeah. Like, they can't can't you, can't can't you love both? I mean, and now yes. now there's Joaquin Phoenix. Like, can't you can't you just love him? Yes, but there could be another Batman except for Michael Keaton. He was the best Batman. He's Batman. And he's, and he's coming back. Michelle Pfeiffer slated as Catwoman, and I can't Thank help you. it, but Danny DeVito will always be my penguin. You know, it's just yeah. there was no other. Yeah, there's there's no one else that could play that. Yeah, I mean, he was perfect. He was born um, for that role. Oswald Cobblepot ever. I'm um, very curious to see what. Bill Skarsgård's dad does with the Baron Harkonnen in Dune. Oh, Stellan Skarsgård? Yeah, he's gonna. If you if you've never read Dune, uh, the Baron Harkonnen. Sci-fi for me. I I don't get into Dune. Sean is very into. Actually, over the weekend, my friend, he's a big sci-fi nerd, and I was hanging out with him, and he was like, "Hey, look at this trailer!" And I saw the trailer for the movie. 
I'm very much one of those people, like, if a movie's coming out, I'm not going to go read the book beforehand because I feel like it'll ruin the movie because um, the books are always better. But, yes, uh, the books are always better. Thank you. I, I am going to check it out and, and kind of... Um, uh, I, I will just tell you, if you watch the David Lynch version from the 80s, the big fat guy with all the sores over his face that flies around and screams while laughing, that, yeah. that's, that's the character that Bill Skarsgård's dad is going to play. Okay. <laughs> I love Stellan Skarsgård. I love. But, but but the character is way different in the books, so. I guess we shall see. I'll probably end up watching it because Sean's going to be on it. He's he loves that stuff. It's is it, I don't go too far into sci-fi. I can go a little further into fantasy. I'm mostly just a horror bitch. You know. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's where I live. But I'll, I'll venture. I'll venture. And by by the way, since you're into horror, Dune did influence. What's probably another favorite of yours is Beetlejuice with the sandworms. Um, yeah. Who doesn't fucking love Beetlejuice? Oh my I god! I just watched it last week. Seriously. Well, that rhythm. Pop in my bedroom. And and, 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 uh, and uh, Chucky. Um, the actor. Oh god. Uh, um, Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf. He I was in the. I just watched da- one flew over the cuckoo's nest last night. And he, he, wow, he, amazing. He was, he was in the David Lynch Dune. Albeit his role was small, but. Uh, it's by will alone I set my mind in motion. By the juice of sap of my thoughts acquire speed. The speed will require stains. By will alone I set my mind in motion. Yeah. He is such a phenomenal actor. I just wanted I could talk about him for days. And I, I was like, we were watching One Flew Cuckoo's Nest last night. And, you know, of course, he, he was very, very young in that movie. Um, everybody was. Danny DeVito looked like a child. Um, but... Uh, Brad Dorf in that movie was just a fucking tour de force. And I was like, I think I'm in love with him. <laughs> my my favorite my favorite role of his was actually one of his least likable. Oh, which one? And the movie Mississippi Burning. With Gene Hackman. He plays the the, the racist the racist hick southerner sheriff who beats up his wife and just the scene where he's getting a shave and you see the barber step back and someone nicks him and when he opens he opens his eyes and just and that's when the camera rolls up and he sees Gene Hackman shaving. Oops. It's hard to do this right. He's got that razor. It's like, a little tricky, isn't it? Yeah, a little tricky. Yeah, he, he's great in that because he's like the redneck racist, but he's not even bright enough to know why he's a racist. He's just following everyone else. Yeah. He's, character. he's just following along, man. Yeah, Brad Dorf is such a chameleon. He can really do part, He's the know? only part of Rob Zombie's Halloween that I actually like. Is, is yeah. him. <laughs> he's the only one that actually shows up and like yeah, actually you. acts in the movie and took it seriously. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we talked about him a lot when we did Exorcist 3, how he fucking stole that show. His little performance and that. But yeah, definitely should have gotten an Oscar nod. Thank you. But anyway, I'm sorry. We went on a brand tangent. We go on tangents like this. Um, going so back question. To- Does anybody know if, because I don't have the question, but I could have swore that I saw something at some point in my life that somebody came out and said that they had actually wish that they hadn't done Rocky Horror Picture Show. I thought it was... Oh, yeah. Um, Peter Hendry, the guy that actually played Rocky Rocky Horror, because he was, like, oh. went into hiding. Now he's on... He's actually on Instagram now, but he was, was completely he? embarrassed by this movie. And yeah, he, you would think that Susan Sarandon would be, but she embraces it. She embraces it. it, yep. And I love that about her, because she's, like, this... Yeah, that B-grade flag fly. Oh, so, yeah, it was the guy that played Rocky, right? That's what you said? Yep. Okay, okay. Yep. I thought I read something about that. I wasn't... I'm not didn't, um, for my have a problem with the fandom when this first hit uh, became a cult movie? Didn't Tim Curry have a bit of a problem with it? Like the, the fandom, the, the overwhelming amount of fandom? 
I read it. Well, I think he was tired of getting typecast. Yeah, I read a quote from him about it that he said something about he he became what did he say plain and chubby to try to distance himself from the for just a few years and then he he embraced yeah, it later. Then he came back and hit his hard with Clue in the '80s. What oh. a fucking masterpiece! Sorry. I loved him in Hunt for Red October. I'm sorry, I'm a guy. I love that movie. He's so good in Hunt for Red October. Oh, sorry for being a guy. What? And Stellan Skarsgård, also in that movie, who was great. Brilliant. Stellan Skarsgård is so great. He is so great in Hunt for Red October because he plays this little wormy, which is not his typical character. Usually he's very big and broad. He plays this kind of wormy little guy. He's just so it's such a great performance in that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? He's also a little Weasley fucking um Roseanne, isn't he? Is when he's um Nancy's boyfriend when he kind of gyps uh Dan and Roseanne out of the money. Oh my God, not Roseanne. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. For, for me, for me, there is only one and only one crowning Tim Curry moment. What? You will not take me alive. I will escape to the one place not corrupted by capitalism. <laughs> Space. <laughs> Because even he was struggling not to laugh on that one, and I watched that, and I just think, so that's the take they use. What what are the ones they didn't use? Before? <laughs> the other was like. <laughs> oh my God! You know what? Too, I love him in um Loaded Weapon One. Oh. Really? This <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. <laughs> no, I said that before, but no, I thought he was great in that too. Like that, that's such a best part that he kind of almost actually he, he does steal the movie. Even though there, even though there's a little cheese pizza, even though there's a little orange asshole in the movie that makes a cameo, he manages to upstage everybody in the movie. Tim Curry, even, even doesn't exist. But even like Macaulay Culkin, who's the star of the movie, even Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, who are you know comedic geniuses oh, in that movie. Love Joe Pesci. Oh my right. god. Right, but but Tim Curry manages to steal the entire fucking movie. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's just that's just how he was. He's such a presence. He steals every fucking show. Whatever he's doing, he steals the show. Well, I mean, he's been doing con appearances recently, and people Lowe. have been like, he... What's up? Is his name Rob Lowe, the guy that plays Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Don't you give me time on him. He definitely had a moment in that movie, too, I thought. You know, he was funny. He was comedic gold in that movie. But even now, Tim Curry, when he does like the convention appearances, when he actually, you know, when there were still conventions, um, he would just go outside and smoke cigarettes. Halloween, they're still they're still alive a little bit. Right, but he he would go outside and like, and I didn't get to go to to this one because I mean the line was like too long to even see him, but he would go outside, like roll out on, on his on his jazzy and fucking smoke cigarettes with fans and just bullshit with them. And, and I just, I know. love you know the celebrities that love their fans. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. And, and, and what, going back to what we were saying, you know, that Susan Sarandon was the one that I really thought, you know, because she's this Oscar winning actress that would really hate this. She was like, no, I was young. My body looked good. I had a lot of fun. And she just eats it up. She's like, oh, that's cool. You know, and this is a fucking Academy Award winner. She's like, yeah, I fucking love it. It's great. Especially given what a physical torment making this movie was, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Because she got sick, didn't she? She got pneumonia or something while making it? There was no heat in that that castle set. They they were soaking wet constantly and... Yes. You know, and I got to meet... Actually, like, the the rest of the cast that I got to meet was, you know, Barry Boswick. I got to meet Little Nell. I got to meet Patricia Quinn and Meatloaf. All, you know, really, really cool people. But, goddamn, Barry Boswick is a fucking giant in real life. He's, He's a big dude. Yeah, I didn't realize how tall he was. Like he was walking, the, and I was like, "Holy shit!" He's like, he's like seven foot. It felt like. 
this fucking guy. I oh, damn it, Jen. <laughs> without thinking of Megaforce, I just I just think of Megaforce when I see his face. <laughs> Such a terrible movie. But you know, um, I like the performances in this film. Everybody was definitely knew what kind of film this was. You can tell they were having fun. And Susan Sarandon, like I said, Oscar-winning actress, was just over the top. Oh, Brad! Oh, I'm gonna say, you know, like it, it was just over the fucking. Touch, 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 touch me. Yeah, that whole scene. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love when they're all like, you know, she basically fucks everybody, and they're like, next. That's the callback. Next. <laughs> one of my um, one of my favorite like meatloaf that's on the dinner. T- that's in the dinner table when they take the top of the the like the, the for dinner meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> the props were so bad, but yeah. I freaked oh, out. Yeah. It was hilarious. One of my favorite little, I don't want to say anecdotes or whatever, I guess about the, or tidbits, was uh they were doing an interview with Richard O'Brien. I think it was for the 20th anniversary of the movie. This was like, yeah, obviously way back when. Um, they asked him back then, they were like, hey, did you did you realize like, you know, that this was going to become such a big cult thing in the States? And he's like, we had no clue what was going to happen with this. And then they even asked him then, they were like, so was it purposely, was it your intent to have the dialogue, such gaps in dialogue purposely so people can scream back at the at the screen? And he's like, maybe, maybe not. He's like, I'll never tell you guys. Well, here's the thing, is that it was he had a, a successful show with the Rocky Horror Show on the mm-hmm. stage. And actually, the guy who played Rocky... Um, on the stage, uh, Misty's will recognize him from Laser Blast. He was the main <laughs> character. And he died, uh, Kim, uh, I can't think of his yeah. last name. Yeah, he died uh, very young. Very young, yeah. Very young. So, you know, um, obviously we had a different actor in the movie playing Rocky, but it was it was him on the stage show. And so the Rocky Horror Show, you know, they, they you know, it got optioned and they made a movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, so I think Richard O'Brien kind of had an idea because that was also like a very cult thing. That show did very well. So I I think um every you know the studio probably had really really high hopes for this movie, and um. But I think you know it, it did well in L.A. Like when it played at the Roxy. Yeah. But it just and I guess when when the when the stage show actually came to the states. I don't know the reason why. I guess like you said, like Fox had a lot of high. And is it ironic now that Disney? That Frankenfoot is a Disney queen now. Yes. Of, of all things, it. Disney Disney owns Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let that sink in for a minute. The world has gone completely insane. <laughs> Just let that sink I'm in. Into but it. I'm into it. But I mean, you know, yeah, I could see Fox had high hopes with the with how well like the stage show was was doing that the movie would and. 45 years later, we're still talking about it. So yeah. something something uh, went right. But there was that moment where it failed completely, and then it was reborn. And, and like I've said before on this show, um, it's so much better to be a cult. Your it hardcore is. fans, you they're going to love you to death and forever, instead of like you making a bunch of money and then nobody cares about the film in, in five years. You know, you know this is and, forever. And if it wasn't for, for Fox, for I guess for lack of trying, it keeps – keep this in rotation where, you know, it was showing at colleges, college campuses on weekends, and then eventually on April Fool's Day when it replaced Night of the Living Dead as the midnight movie at the Waverly in the village. And it just, you know, the, the, the cult began at that point. And then you were saying before, what's another word for this? It's a it's a phenom. This is a worldwide phenom. It's yes. a phenomenon that it is still, organic. again, 
40, 45 years later, we can't can't not keep talking about it. I mean, this we, this we thing is still going. Of, yeah, we do a lot of what you know cult classics um, on this on this show. You know, in horror. but nothing of this nature. But, not, but this is the ultimate cult classic. There is this is the midnight more movie classic than this film. You know, I you can't top it as far as like cult classic. You know, like everybody has heard of this at least. <clears throat> And then you have your people who are just hardcore into it, have had the experiences, just love the film, love the soundtrack. I mean, and that's forever. I mean, I've been doing this since I was I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. and that's been a long time. I haven't seen 12 in a long time. <laughs> but I mean, I, like like you know, before like, we, and I I feel like I'm repeating myself with this, but that that's fine because you know it's just like repeat viewings of the movie. I mean, it it really says something when a movie of this caliber that. By all intents and purposes, was a failure, as you said, is like one of the biggest things to this date. That's still, even like I said earlier, even a, a fucking pandemic can't even hold this thing down. Yeah. People are still showing up in droves to go to the drive-in to go see it. Yeah. Whether or not they participate is up depending on where you go. But you know, realistically, people are selling it out still. They're still selling out at drive-ins. That I mean, by me, they're showing in again on Halloween at, at another drive-in. You know, that just on Halloween night, no less. And, yeah. And, and it's me, already sold out. As a sociologist, um, I have to say it's so telling of the impact culturally that it is, you know, because we're thinking 1975, okay? And how long has it been since 1975? That's longer than I've been alive. That this is a Do all these cultural <laughs> changes, all these political changes, all these, you know, movements of, you know, uh, equality and, and, you know, being able to be, you know, have more civil rights as a uh, gay or individual or, you know, whatever. I just, I mean, it's so, like, it's stayed. It's never changed. It's not going to change. It's yet, lasted all through all of this shit. And yet, like I said, these lips right here on my shirt, they're they're still here. Strong. They're never gonna go anywhere. Forty-five years. They're not. That's, that's why I said it, it could be it could be uh, totally PC raw. Then people will still find it something. Is, I mean, the, people the, people will still scream asshole so at the screen to call Brad an asshole on, on the screen. Mm-hmm. Another. It'll, it'll be another forty-five years of calling Brad an asshole. Yeah. There's <laughs> something I wanted to mention. I'm watching it right now, and. Um, the nurse's costume that uh, Tim Curry wears, the green, and he's got the pink triangle. Yes. With the with the uh, point pointed up. In Nazi Germany, the pink triangle with the point pointed down was something that gay people had to wear. Yes. So I, so I love again. We were talking about they took that, they turned it around, and, and they fucking flipped it. Owned they flipped the it. Well, that's that's also a little Easter egg too, because initially Tim Curry wanted to play Frankenfurter with a German accent, and Richard O'Brien said, "No, don't don't do that. Do it do it as you." Yeah, yeah I just love that they took that symbol, and, and it's such a and small thing, but it, yeah, and he owns it with those fucking pearls he's wearing. And that, oh yeah, oh, God, that, that oh, whole outfit. Oh God, so this good. Is and then the more that you watch it, and God, I've seen it over way way over a hundred times i couldn't even tell mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. and most of it's in the theater you got to realize this is every fucking saturday for me for a long time and then in between i'd watch it so i could practice you know my moves my choreography you know for the songs and stuff and and all that but it's just like i i never get tired of it you never get tired of it you never so get fun. 
Yeah, it's it's fun, and and you that fun that you have stays with you. So when you hear it, your body responds to it with, "Oh yeah, we're having fun." It's it's a great thing. Like I was putting on my makeup, and I was in kind of a mood, and I had the soundtrack on, and I was just like suddenly felt better, you know. I'm like, ah, oh, this is fun, you know. And again, the the music, you know, Dave Dave's oh. brought up, everybody's brought up the music. It's, and I think I've said it on the show before. Like if if you were to ask me, like you know, top top five um, horror soundtracks of all time. This is obviously in the top three, easily mm-hmm. in and the top three. it's such a creative soundtrack. You know, I and love it takes all the different the genres of music. Wise, you know, um, and he's like, your apple pie don't taste too nice. nice. You know, it's like, oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> he just really <laughs> just destroyed her. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay on topic with this one. I'm going to kind of veer a little bit, but it's all going to come full circle. So is it ironic that the year prior to this movie's release that Fox released Phantom of the Paradise, which I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, I had actually seen it for the first time a couple of years ago, um, which the great Brian De Palma directed one of my favorite movies of all time, Scarface, you know, th- this was his little baby that he wanted to get made and it helped him get recognition, you know, um, but is it funny how like that movie, while it does have a cult, it's a year later, this came out and it's and it's like it's kind of like the whole Lost Boys and I hate to, I don't need to, to I don't get a vampire snob, but it's almost like the whole Lost Boys near dark, yeah. that, that comedy where like you know one overshadowed the other, right? But like it, this is like the same thing where like you know the year later and it was it's, it, they're almost the exact same movie when you think about it. Very similar. They're both horror musicals, but this one this one just transcends time to quote you know dr well, scott thing about rocky horror that i really appreciate it I'm, I'm not actually a big musical fan um this is definitely one of my favorite musicals of all time i just there's only a few of them that i really 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 get into like that this is one of them and probably the top of my list to be honest with you i love just taking road trips and putting the soundtrack on and just jamming yeah, I think we were down the interstate it's just yeah Grandma Grandpa's Grave, which is a two-hour drive there and, and then a two-hour drive back. We were listening to the soundtrack the whole time, just rocking out completely. Well, there's so many memories attached to it that yeah, it just kind of, yeah, kind of just you away into another place, you know, to the planet of Transylvania. Trans. <laughs> See, and I and I actually I'm I'm, my, I'm one of the few, and I'm and I mean I I'm, I'm secure enough in my own sexuality to tell you I I actually enjoy musicals for the most part. I blame that on my mom because she she raised us on that like one summer. Actually, that's that in my a, case. A fucking like right. like, like but, all but it's not. I don't. But I don't. But I don't give a fuck because I'm I I'm, I will kick the shit anybody that, that wants to get my face about it. I don't give a fuck. But you know, our mom, you know, she raised us on musicals. Like I remember the summer when Batman came out, the the Keaton. I was all about it. But before we went to go see it, she was like, "Hey, this is when Columbia House was still a thing." So I guess we're all showing our age right now with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're she got, age, so yeah, I I had a lot of Columbia House accounts. I mean, yeah, we grew up on The Wizard of Oz, which is a musical. We grew up on Willy Wonka, which is a musical. That's fine. Well, you're you're pitching my memory on some ones that I had forgotten about, but those are excellent ones, by the way. But she she got Bye Bye Birdie and Grease on on VHS. Oh, shit. Bye Bye Birdie, I didn't like. We sit in the theaters, and we were all singing and dancing and doing, like, Grease Lightning, like, you know. Right. The whole thing. I think I think we wore out the grease tape <laughs> that that summer. We watched that movie every fucking day, to the point where like you know we had to see the second one. We didn't know there was a second one until a couple years after. And I I don't I actually like the second one. I know it's bad, a lot but of it's like do, surprisingly a lot of people and do. It's, and it, you know it's actually become like a Rocky Horror esque yeah, midnight kind of showing. It's got like a little cult going on where like like the you know they have a shadow cast for it. They do the whole the whole bit for it. 
but you know, like hairspray, I I enjoyed the 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 hairspray with like, with Queen uh, Latifah and I like John Waters films, so I like John. I like Waters that one too. I like that I one too. I just like the musical one as much. I, I I did. I got it because they played a lot of homages to to John Waters, and he's in it. So is Ricky Lake. Yeah, and and I love uh, and Divine. Jeremy Stiller, who's Divine fucking great in that movie. Amazing. Oh, I, I didn't like the hairspray, the hairspray reboot. Uh, I I did because I I don't know I I enjoyed it for what it was yeah, and and again but I also grew up on the John Waters one too. Yeah, yeah but my John mom was a big John Waters fan, so I you know I saw a lot of John Waters films. Remember Pecker? We loved Pecker. Uh, and Cry, Cry Baby's a musical, and that's a good movie too. That is a good movie. Man, you're really hitting some good ones on over. Yeah, you, you may actually be movies. a musical fan, Daniel. Well, apparently I like a lot more than I thought I did. You're naming them all. God, God knows I exposed you to plenty because I'm I'm massive musical fan. Lady. You know, honestly, and I guess I can credit Rocky Horror for this too. Like I, as as a you know, I, I guess, and I know it's like so bad to say aspiring filmmaker, but like one of my one of my actual like you know dream projects would be to do like a like a good musical again, like something that like would have like the, like the theater rocking to come out like feeling good when you walk out. You know, yeah. you don't you don't really get that anymore. No. Yeah. You know. I, I really uh, you have to really impress me with modern movies um, or shows. The, luckily, honestly, right now, I think the best stuff that we're getting entertainment wise today is shows. Haunting of Hill House blew my fucking mind. It was so great. Um, Lovecraft Country. I'm, I'm watching that right now. It is so fucking amazing. Um, I'm on episode two, so don't, don't you know, Game of Thrones, <laughs> uh, stuff like that, you know, like. TV or, you know, I guess uh, we're all on streaming now, but shows are better than movies right now. The movies are disappointing, but the shows have some great. We've had a couple great horror films. I, I got to credit Ari Aster and Mike Flanagan for those um, who are really probably the best horror directors out there in, in modern times. But otherwise, I mean, I really think you're going to find your best stuff in, in shows and your streaming sites. Um, there's really good content. Um, it's just like there's better production, and we get more time with the characters. It's well, not I was watching. Out. I've been watching. Um, not to veer off track, but I was watching Monster Monster Land over the weekend on Hulu, and I actually really, really, really liked it. I gotta uh, check it out. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting show. It's very much like Black Mirror, but it's it's a little bit more creepy, I think, than Black Mirror is. It's it's fascinating. Some really good episodes in there. Yeah, see, for me, I got. I'm like, I got to do one thing at a time. That's just how I am. Maybe it's my OCD. I actually have real OCD. Um, not like where, oh god, all my craps have to do. It. No, no, like real OCD. But I can only do one thing at a time. I have attention problems for my OCD. So as Lovecraft Country right now, I'm very impressed with that. But uh, yeah. But also, you know, Nico, you got to Seth MacFarlane, who's kind of a celebrity crush of mine. He mm-hmm. is very into musicals. You can see it if you are into Family oh, Guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's one part, because one of my favorite musicals that's a horror musical is Little Shop of Horrors. It is yes, so that's another one. Yes, that's I, 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 I forgot I've that. It probably five times this month. I, I mean, I just watch it all the time. And I have the big Audrey 2 Funko Pop, the huge one. I have, I have that one, too, yeah. I fucking <laughs> love Little Shop of Horrors. Remember that, Dana? We still watch that all the time. Oh, I love it. See, one of the biggest disappointments of my life in the last few years was I tried out at another theater where I've done some shows at for a little shop of horrors. I tried out for Oren, the crazy dentist, and I and I tried out for for being the voice of Audrey, too, and I got rejected for both. But I could see you as Seymour. 
I could see you as the Oh, it is what I wanted, man. <laughs> I could but definitely yes, see you as the great. I mean, if I could sing, I could do Audrey. I got the liquid sex voice. We all know this already. So if I if I can summon it, but but I, but I can't sing. <laughs> If you're permitted, if I can summon it. He got your number now. Now we're talking about Little Shop of Horrors. That scene between uh, Bill Murray and Steve Martin, the death you scene, maybe one, of the, maybe one of the best comedic scenes ever filmed. That scene between. That's. And Listen, his 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 song "Dentist" is probably the best one on that whole fucking well, movie. I like Steve Martin because Steve Martin, I'm a huge fan of his. When he comes out and he's like, after he's been like hurting everybody, and he just and there's that pause and he's like, "Cause I'm a dentist." Can I, can I tell you that was that's a- why I was so upset that I got rejected for that role because I went in there with that number and I threw every ounce of energy I had into it, and I heard people, you know, the, the producers and whatnot laughing, so I thought, oh man, I have got it. And they turn me down. Oh, that's sucks. I'm a great Audrey. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and this is another horror musical that we really do need to talk about on this show. It is such a that's also a cult classic. I mean, nothing like I said, nothing can top Rocky Horror. No. It's the ultimate cult classic. But it is still a cult classic. People fucking love that movie. And what about Repo? One of them. But what I was talking about with Seth Green, he is a cisgender man and he he loves musicals. And when you watch Family Guy, there's one in particular, and I'm like, I wonder when he did, uh, um, like, Chris broke uh, Herbert's window. And, <laughs> he sings, and, then he, and then he goes into, like, this, like, fantasy world where he sings the entire song of Somewhere That's Green. The entire fucking song. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder how many people are getting this. Because I was fucking into it. I was like, oh, my God, do, do people know what this is from? I'm that. so happy right now that this is being acknowledged. You know, I was like, he did the entire song somewhere that's green. The best line from that song is she says, an offense of real chain link. That's yeah. the best line. <laughs> offense of real chain link. On our big, enormous 12 inch screen. Oh, my God. Yes. One, one of the first comic book conventions I ever went to for the masquerade event. There was this girl dressed as Harley Quinn, the old school version from the cartoon. Thank you. And she, she sang Somewhere That's Green, but instead she sang Somewhere Back Free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, yeah, that's another movie we are going to do a special episode on because it is uh, a horror musical and it is is definitely cult. Um, and it's, it's also having sort of a revival. It's got wonderful actors. Like, we're, we're going to go back to We're going to revisit this shit. I'm going to put a pin in it. And I, I uh, mentioned before, Repo the Genetic Opera. That's another one. That's a, that's a yes, horror musical that's got a huge cult following. Episodes. Special episodes. So you see, <laughs> Daniel, see, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of musicals that you do like that I help there you with. Are, there are. There you I go. I just didn't know it. I mean, a lot of them are ones that I expose them to because I am such a musical person. I, I, I was always a singer, and um, I did musicals, and uh, I just loved I, – I would go around the house singing and wishing that the, that the real world was like a musical. Like I had a song that starts playing when I'm thinking, like at, at a certain time. Like I would just imagine it in my head. I wanted the world to be a musical. So I spread that around everywhere I went. Well, I'm sorry. I just think of this one line from Frasier about West Side Story. Oh, yeah? 
where, where Frazier's complaining to his father, Martin, about how, you know, you, you never took me to see West Side Story when I was a kid. And his father says, well, because of the gangs. I thought that would scare you when you were little. Gangs that, <laughs> these gangs that dance, Dad, especially gangs that dance. My, my little thought is, um, you because know, uh, I stopped acting and went into directing when I was in college. I was directing plays. And I wanted to do West Side Story, but uh, Tony and Maria were lesbians. Oh. Tony and Maria, you know, like, <laughs> I had this great idea of it being, you know, just kind of swapped for that, you know, and, and I don't know. Ideas. I oh. stick to writing, maybe. <laughs> maybe that wasn't great, but I thought it was a pretty cool fucking idea. But but do you see how, like, even though it wasn't the originator of this whole thing, look at all this shit that this, this movie has influenced. Yeah. We just yeah. talked about a ton of shit that can go back to this movie. Oh, yeah. And, and the success that it ultimately did find with, with the crowd. Not just horror musicals, but we've got, you know, pop culture. We've got, you know, oh, there's so much. There's so many things that go back to this. Like I said, I think this was the germ that began what became Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, which is my favorite show, as you all know, and uh, many of yours' favorite show. <laughs> but, so, uh, so much so that my, my friend uh, Amy and I were talking about actually doing like a like an R-rated um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 to like actual like cult movies that we like like The Burning or Friday the 13th we and things like that. Doing that with we were going to do horror movies. We I have yep. notes. I have a notebook full of of uh, the riffs and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter and Sean and I were working on it uh, for a long time. Then we kind of abandoned it. But um, yeah, we were going to do R-rated like horror themes. Uh, MSC3K. Because we we did this at during uh, the drive-in during um Camp Blood for the Burning and we we kind of were doing like our own. I don't want to say like talk back, but we were kind of doing a talk back to the movie. And everybody around us was cracking up, and we were like, "Well, shit, we got something like, here." We're freaking funny. And again, it goes back to this because if if that never happened, we wouldn't have so many of these things that we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. We wouldn't have Tim Curry. Oh God, yes, Tim Curry. <laughs> or it Susan. lost him. It made him. It, it did, and I'm sure Susan Sarandon still would have been Susan Sarandon, but I don't I don't think if if this the popularity of this would have would have never happened, I don't think she would have been as you know ultimately as you know, big as she is now. I mean, she's remembered more for this than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And she's and she's okay with it. Like you said, and, she's totally yeah, fine with like, it. When you think about Susan Sarandon, you always think about how talented of an actor she is. Yeah, you think of, like, and Thelma and Louise, like that. She was a fantastic singer. It blew my mind. That's what I always remember about her, how great of a singer she yeah, was. Yeah, and touch 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 me, you know, like, her voice, like, the way it does, like, I well, know, like, damn, you know, the, the, it's the second song on the movie, Frankenstein's Place. Oh, Frankenstein Place. I that sing It's, like, literally one of my favorite songs on the entire soundtrack. That's, that is my that favorite song. song on the soundtrack, actually, because it's a beautiful song, actually. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. It's haunting. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And in the middle of all this, like, funny stuff, you got this really beautiful piece of music. Mm-hmm. And, and Riffraff. Castle. I love it. R- Riffraff's a uh, little little you know cameo on the song on top of that yeah yeah like his voice is just it's like yeah you're right it's like haunting and it's like beautiful and and it's like you're you're into it she's got this clear beautiful voice Mm -hmm. yeah and then and it's just there's a lot you know it's just and it's just great i love i love all of it together it's beautiful great music i wanted to ask that there's one thing i had to line up i wanted to ask what is your all of us your favorite song from the soundtrack other than time war Hop, hop, Absolutely. Absolutely, hop, Meatloaf, right? Meat fucking meatloaf. Yep. I fucking love his voice. Oh my god. 
he's such a he's such a he's such a uh, presence when he's on screen too. He's a big guy and he had great presence. And that voice, that fucking voice, his voice is like butter. If if I had to pick another one besides that one, because those are obviously like the the top two, I'd probably pick um, Wild and Untamed Thing because yeah, I think wild. that that's where that Tim, Tim's like Tim's like totally into it at that point. That's my second place. My first place would be what we just talked about over at the Frankenstein place. It's always my favorite song. Uh, Daniel, what's what oh, you yeah, I don't know if I can pick. I I really love. Oh man, uh, I don't know if I can pick. It's too hard. I love I love. Of the um, the opening song, of course, because I think it's so much fun and it's so interactive. Uh, but I don't know. I really like I'm going home. I think it's because I did it in karaoke. And yeah, I, yeah. And I I do it in karaoke. It's fine. And yeah, I just think it's a beautiful moment in the movie. So it's always a really memorable part. Of the show. Yeah. Because yeah. that scene, I love the way he, he is so overly dramatic, but it works in that scene. And it's like, yeah. that scene, oh, blues, yeah, <laughs> throw the tears. And he Wait, runs no, no, I'm, I'm just curious for that. When you guys have seen this where you guys live at and in, in Indiana or wherever you've seen the movie, for, for, the, for, the, for, for the talk back for that, when it's time for that scene, um, do they make you guys stand up and say, you know, for one night and one night only, Liza Minnelli's uh, shadow with, I'm, I'm sorry, Liza Minnelli with Alfalfa shadow. Yes. For the, for the talk back. <laughs> yes. And then the scene, the scene when he, when he, you know, rubs his eyes and it's like, and you know, and then they say, look, it's Jerry Garcia's uh, funeral because it's like instant, just add acid and it's like the instant crowd. Cause they, they said that too. And then did they make you guys stand up and say all rise for the queen? Um, yeah. Cause they, they, they yeah. make us do that too. I honestly don't remember if they did or not. Yeah, they make us do that. It says, all rise for your queen, is what, what yeah. they say when Frankenfoot is walking out. And, and you know, the, the callbacks, the original callbacks are still there, and it's always evolving. You know, this is stuff that you can catch up with online, um, you know, if you are going to go to a viewing. If you have not seen this movie in theaters, listeners, <laughs> go find a way. Once the pandemic clears, okay, Go find a way to go yeah. experience this and tell me it doesn't change your fucking life. Or go to a drive-in and go watch it with, with an actual drive-in. with an actual experience crowd that'll make it more fun. Yeah, actually get out of your car. That's going to be interacting with it. And plus, I mean, you know, the, the best the best piece of advice we can give for the callback, I think, is whenever you hear Brad Majors, you yell asshole. And when you hear <laughs> Janet Weiss, you say slut. What? <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, if you get easily offended, maybe maybe don't, skip. Don't go to this, and and don't go anywhere where like don't 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 be a tight ass and like not participate. That's the fun of the movie. Yeah, don't go, don't go there being offended. Go there. Don't with, don't don't go to Scranton and see it. <laughs> I, I said it. Don't give a fuck. It played so long in Speedway, Indiana, which, which is really part the west side of Indy. Um, it, it can do well in the Midwest. Then what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> exactly. This is fucking Indiana, okay? We got heel jacks here. It's my, it's my home away from home. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be coming here next year for yeah, for something. Yeah, that's gonna be a fucking party. Um, well, we gotta close out. So we've all shared so much, and it's been so fun. Um, I want us to go ahead uh and give our ratings out of ten. Who, uh, Daniel, you, uh, Nightmare know. Nerd, you wanna go first? As if we don't know, it's going to be a solid 10. Yes, of course. I'm 10 just... drag queens. Yes. 
Okay, uh, who's next? Okay, I'll go. I'll go. How many, <laughs> I, again, yeah, no surprise, 10 out of 10 meatloafs. Yes. This movie meant a lot to me, like I was saying earlier. It was the earliest point in my life I realized it was okay to be different. It was okay to be a little weird because you were surrounded by people who were different and who embraced it and it embraced you. Yes. Even if your, even if your uh, flavor of different wasn't their flavor of different, it was it was still accepting that we were all just being who we were, and I, I loved it, and it meant a lot to me. And the soundtrack, I, we didn't talk enough about the soundtrack. I, I could go on for hours. How good yes. the soundtrack It's so good. Such great music. You never like, get tired of it. <laughs> it's got some great 50s bebop vibe to it. It's just fucking great. Yes. Yay! All right. Uh, uh, Daniel, you want to go ahead and give it to um, – I was giving yeah. it for you. Oh, yeah. No, you, you're still – How many out of ten would you give it? Of course, 10 out of 10 on this movie. Yes. The has literally like changed my life. It's... Is this going to be our second complete 10 out of 10? So let's see. I hope so. This movie deserves it. I mean, you know, Tim Curry, iconic. Just the, the whole cast and crew and the soundtrack is absolutely the most fun and amazing time that you can have watching a movie. You know, if you haven't seen it, get out there and check it out. Do it. Be interactive. Have fun with it. And, you know, take a piece of history. This is going to be a, one of those movies that goes down, all, you know, all the time. So do yourself a favor and go check it out. It's amazing. It's yeah. worth it. Uh, Nico. 10 out of 10 pelvic thrusts. All right. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's no way <laughs> in hell this wasn't going to get anything less. I mean, where do we start? Tim Curry. You got to start there. That the man's the, fucking the, iconic. This, <laughs> this, this is the movie that, that made him. This is always his this when when it when it comes time to to you know to write like the legend of tim curry it's gonna start with this it's gonna end with this this is this is it you know young susan sarandon barry boswick all time exactly you know like the the fact that the the creator of the movie's in it as like the hunchback assistant the fact that it's a play on frankenstein yes but like a weird like rock and roll hypersexual, not even sexual, hypersexual, thing. cannibalistic, you know, and it's just in the audience participation in the movie, the, the props, the rice, the, the, the squirt guns, the, the newspaper, the Don't post, the lights, the confetti. Style, I mean, shit, I mean we, we can go on. Yeah. I mean, meatloaf. <laughs> meatloaf. Yes. He's only in it for, for the length of his song and still kills it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, definitely agree. I mean, look, it's like I said, I said, I'm going to say it for the last time, 45 years later, we're still talking about it. Absolutely. That 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 alone that says it. It's, it's here to stay. Again, it's, during a it's fucking been a pandemic. Since before I was born, and um, I'm 41, so yeah. Right. I mean, even um, during a pandemic, people are still showing up to the drive-in to go see it. I mean, that that it's that important. And even it's even at home, more people are watching it at home still and learning like the talkback. I mean, there's. There's so much you could say about this movie. It's it's perfection, and it's and it's funny because it's like we said, like there's no plot. Don't take it seriously. Who cares about the fucking plot? You're you're supposed to have fun, and just enjoy yourself with it. And like you know, Dave said before, it showed you you can be different. Didn't doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. We all we're all one family. We're all family with this movie. So that's ten out of ten public for me. It was so great. I guess that leads me, and of course, it's predictable. I am giving it 10 out of 10 satanic mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I, I really just want to echo what everybody else has said about this. Um, I can't recommend the experience highly enough. Um, even just watching the movie at home, it is fun, but you really need to experience this film. It is an experience. You know, dig into the soundtrack. It's going to get in your head. It's going to change your life. It's going to make you feel free. I, it definitely was freedom for me. Um who wanted to, you know, this, this girl who wanted to just do over the top fun stuff, trying to figure myself out. It made me feel accepted. I was, and I was kind of like the higher echelon of this, of that little society, you know? And I was like, why? Because I was just me. I was just being myself, the myself that I wanted to be every single fucking day, but I could be it on Saturdays. Don't dream it. Be it. Be it. Yeah. Nice. And and I think that's really the closing statement right there. Don't fucking dream it. Be it. Mm-hmm. I that's 100% how agree. Hockey fans right there. That's all you need. The lips. Don't dream it. Be it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank you guys all for um, coming up and discussing this this wonderful film with me. And uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, I hope you had fun, Daniel. Yes, thank you for it's, it's, it's always a blast on here. We're gonna um, we're gonna be doing Little Shop of Horrors uh, at some time very very soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And we do have an episode. Of, this is a special episode. It will be released before Halloween. So I can't. I don't really want to say what our other episode we're recording this week because it may come out before this one. But uh, we, we do have a really really great one coming out. Mm-hmm. Thursday night's going to be fucking lit. Yes, it is. As we're closing out season two. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here, guys. I love you. My house is screaming. Love you, too. My Yeah, yeah. I guess we had a lot to say. <laughs> There's, I mean, and we didn't even say everything. Could go on. And if, if I can, real quick, just a quick yeah. plug for my for my TNP family out in Philly, um, the Shadowcast. I did it. If you want to follow them on, on Instagram, it's TNP Philly RHPS and Transylvania Nipple Productions on Facebook. They're the most wonderful down to earth people that you will ever meet, just like any other shadow cast that you'll meet. But they are my absolute favorite. I play favorites. I'm sorry, but they're they're awesome and I love them. And go check out their show on October 18th if this comes out before then. Okay. Um, I want to ask you something. Um, is it TM like Mary? No, TN, like nipple, TN, Transylvania Nipple Productions. Is there, okay. Is there thing? Okay. Yep. So I wanted to clarify because I was like, did I hear that right? So I want to make sure everybody can hear that. So it's, it's, it's TMP Philly RHPS is their Instagram. And then Transylvania Nipple Productions on Facebook. I'm on it. I'm on it. TMP Philly R. RHPS on, right on Instagram. I'm on it right after we finish this. I'm sorry I forgot about plugs, but I'm trying to phase those out. Um, as we get our website up. Um, but for our special guest, Daniel, would, is there anything that you would like to plug? Any, anybody want to, to say before we, we end the show? No. Um, unfortunately, I work too many hours to do anything besides just work, but um, I really enjoyed being on the show. I, I hope to come back and do some other stuff. I We talked about a lot of movies tonight that I would love to explore further. And Oh, yeah. Uh, we we have know. some great stuff. I will send you our schedule. That sounds awesome. But no, seriously, it was great. I, I I love hearing other people's viewpoints and and you know the way that they saw the movie in their eyes and how when they're, I think it's always super fascinating. So I just really appreciate you guys allowing me to be on tonight. 
Well, I'm so glad you could be here. I really am. It's it's added another dimension, and it's been fun. Um, as again, anybody else want to say anything? Dave, you got anything for us? Rob's not here tonight, so you got to say it. Yeah. Uh, what does he always say? Uh, be kind. If nothing else, be kind. And that was really good. And rewind. <laughs> Vote. 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 Wear your mask. Black Vote. lives matter. Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Yes. Eat, drink, and be scared. Equality. Equality for all. Yes. That's what for it's all about. Equality. Equality tattoo. But yes. Love your fellow humans. Don't be a dick. Yeah. It's nice It's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. Oh, I like that. Yes. Let's there you go. That. I like that. That's new. Good night, all. All right. Well, everyone, um, have a spooky night. I love you guys, and I will see you next time. Love you. Have a good night. Bye. Good night, guys.